You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks and at DH82 underscore Bucks. All right. David, the Bucks are not completely out of the postseason picture, as shocking as that is to say. And a win against the Carolina Panthers can go a very long way, both to helping the Bucks and essentially ending any hope that the Panthers have of making the playoffs, looking at their schedule uh, after the after this weekend. They still have the Saints twice, they still have the Falcons. They have a brutal stretch down the road. So, I mean, a lot of people are saying lose for the draft pick and and the season's over and everything, whereas it's not completely over. So you saw how how well the Buccaneers played last week. You've seen how well Jameis Winston has played the last six quarters when he entered the game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the Carolina Panthers have been struggling mightily down the stretch these last three weeks. How do you kind of see this game going? Uh, well, I don't want to spoil the ending, I suppose, but I think it's going to go better than last time. I think, okay. uh, I definitely think it's going to go better than the last time. Yeah, I, I would, I would hope that it goes better than last time. I mean, granted the final score wasn't quite indicative of how dominant the Panthers were in that matchup, but you take a look at, at how much the Panthers have struggled lately but the one guy that really hasn't is the one guy that, of course, everyone is going to keep their eye on, and that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I I was incredibly wrong on on my take of Christian McCaffrey when he was entering into the draft. He's such a, a phenomenal talent, both in the running game and as a passing threat, and he completely dominated this Buccaneers defense the last time they played. So you take a look at the injury report for Wednesday and, and for Thursday, and obviously – uh, you know, we haven't seen the injury report for Friday because you're listening to this Friday morning, more than likely. You see that Levante David is a limited participant. If Levante David is able to play, I think that helps tremendously because when you're looking at a Bucks linebacking core of Riley Bulla, Devontae Bod, and Adarius Taylor trying to contain Christian McCaffrey, and that, that has just bloodbath written all over it for the Bucks defense. So Levante David potentially returning is a huge, huge spark for this Bucks defense, I think, in their hopes of containing McCaffrey. Oh, most definitely. I, I think uh, if I remember correctly, last time these two teams faced off, I picked uh, Darius Taylor as my defensive player of the game, meaning that he was going to have to have a really good game in order for the Buccaneers to have a chance of containing Christian McCaffrey, and he didn't. Uh, he wasn't alone either. Like I talked about on yesterday's episode, JPP in a, in a locker room interview earlier this week mentioned that he didn't feel like he played very well either. So, you know, uh, that's not, that's not a uh, indictment of, of a Darius by himself, but bottom line is that the defense just didn't do enough to contain him. I mean, they let, they let Curtis Samuel get loose. And even though Curtis Samuel comes from, you know, my favorite program in college football, just being honest, he's not, he hasn't been a very good NFL player. So when you see a guy like that breaking big runs and big plays against Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, it's just, it's a little disheartening. But I think that the team, 
a lot of times when you have teams that play each other, right? And I think back even as far as like the New York Giants and the New England Patriots, that you know that's that's a team where the Patriots defeated the Giants in the regular season to get that undefeated regular season record. And then in the playoffs, the Giants came back and they were able to play much better, having seen them already in person. And that's kind of what I'm looking at for in this game. The defense has done better. And granted, the the competition has been lower. You know, talking about the San Francisco 49ers, got it. But this Carolina Panthers team is banged up too. Uh, we just mentioned I just mentioned Samuel. He's injured. Uh, I haven't actually looked at the uh, the injury reports today because I've been traveling all day. But um, did Devin Funches return to practice or is he still out? Devin Funches was upgraded to a limited participant. Okay, so maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Even if he does play, he's still going to be somewhat hampered by that injury. Uh, that's another guy who who kind of got in, you know, here and there against the Bucks last last time they played. This offense isn't as electric as some of the stats might show. And what I, what, what I'm seeing right now with the Carolina Panthers is is they're like a LeBron James basketball team where LeBron James can get all of his stats. LeBron James can make his dunks, his highlight plays, his rundown blocks. But as long as you don't allow him to just railroad your entire team, as long as you make him kind of work for those points, he's going to get the points, he's going to get the plays, but he's not going to defeat you single-handedly. Right now, Christian McCaffrey is kind of like that for me for the Carolina Panthers where he's going to get yards, he's going to get stats, he's a good fantasy play. However, even if he leads your fantasy team to a victory, if the Buccaneers make Christian McCaffrey earn all the points that he gets for your fantasy team, they could actually come out of this game with a victory. Yeah, and, and speaking of the, the injury report, since you haven't seen it, I'll go ahead and throw this out real quick. Um, it does not look like the Bucks are going to get DeMar Dotson. He was downgraded from limited on Wednesday. He did not participate on Thursday. Carlton Davis was a did not participate for the second straight day, as was MJ Stewart. Uh, Isaiah Johnson went from did not participate on Wednesday with the illness. He was a full participant. Ryan Jensen went from full to limited. Uh, Brent Grimes was added to the injury report as a limited participant and Peyton Barber went from full to limited. Now, of course, when we had Carmen on, she said the funny thing about being listed as limited is you could take one fewer snap than your normal amount and you're considered limited. So we don't really know the extent of the limited participation for some of these, but seeing DeMar Dotson listed as a did not participate on Thursday is a little worrisome considering how we saw the right side of that offensive line against the 49ers when DeMar went out of the game, which transitions perfectly into something that I found really interesting today. And we'll touch on this before we move on to our uh, our predictions here, David. Um, ESPN's NFL matchup Twitter account tweeted out the the top quarterbacks and the worst quarterbacks when – pressured Jameis Winston is fourth in the NFL in passer rating under pressure you had Philip Rivers with a 98.3 Matt Ryan 94.4 Andrew Luck 86.9 and then Jameis Winston is there with an 83.9 so when he's under pressure and he has to move around by himself some time he does have the fourth highest quarterback rating in the NFL Now, on the flip side of that, Cam Newton is the fifth worst with a 54.1 quarterback rating. Now you're looking at a defensive line in the Bucs that have, 
you know, skyrocketed up the up the ranks in sacks and pressures since Duffner took over. I, I can't remember the exact number. I know since Duffner took over, I believe it was week seven, week seven, week eight. Um, the Bucks are in the top ten in the NFL in sacks in that span. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at NASAB, you're looking at JPP, you're looking at how well Vita Vea played last week, and you're sitting there saying, well, if they can pop Cam Newton in the mouth early and continue to get consistent pressure on him, even if they're not getting to him, if they can get pressure on him, that's going to create the mistakes. And it may be one of those things that if the Buccaneers can come away plus one in the turnover battle, they might come away with this game. I mean, honestly, I think if the Buccaneers can come out even in the turnover battle, they'll be they'll be fine. Um, yeah, I, 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 those stats are, are are exactly their 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 representation of exactly what we've been talking about throughout Jameis's career, and, and even even you know on the Panther side of the ball with their quarterback. Um, if 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 the Panthers don't get ten to fourteen points in the first half, that's where the second half can get disastrous for them because that's when. Uh, their quote unquote leader starts pressing and, and and plays himself into mistakes, honestly, that the defense can take advantage of. So that's going to be huge. And I, and I know you and Bill talked about that during the crossover is, you know, scoring early for the Panthers is going to be big for them and keeping them from scoring early is going to be huge for the Buccaneers. And I think you guys were exactly right in that uh, diagnosis. And then you look at Jameis. I mean, I don't know from, from, from what I'm gathering is so what you're saying is during the off season, the Buccaneers should trade, Ali Marpet for somebody on defense and just Let's not make Jameis just run for his life on every snap. I mean, that's no. what you just said. That's, no, no. that's you. That's, I mean, that's, that's not me. Let's not get crazy. Don't be putting words in my mouth. What well, I'm you know saying. What? So we talk about the right side of the line, right? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but you look at the right side of the line, right? So DeMar Dotson, obviously, you know, I'm right there with you. It, 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 at first glance, it's obviously nerve wracking. You obviously don't want to see that. However, uh, experience is the greatest teacher, right? And and like Coach Cutter said uh, last week, Alex Kappa looked like a rookie who got his first influence uh, or first experience in the National Football League. Well, he's had a week of practice ever since then. He's had a week to watch film, to to put lessons to visual, to field, and, and the physical execution, right? I'm, I'm not saying we could bowler this week in Alex Kappa, but we could very much we could very well see a much improved. Alex Kappa, if he gets on the field, and if he gets on the field, is much improved. I mean, did we really see much of a drop off between Kappa and Benenock? Honestly, uh, at at times, I would say yes. There was there Maybe were like quite a, a few times right? that I saw that I saw Jameis pressured, and, and Kappa had his you know was facing Winston because the guy just blew past him. But that's the growing pains that we talk about with these rookies. So you can't get too upset. Um, you know, but I, I, would, I would say, say though, that, in overall performance, it was maybe a tad underneath what Beninok has been doing. So if he improves at all, it's going to be an improvement over what we've seen. So even if Dotson is out, if if that right guard position gets shored up even a little bit, I, I know I'm. It's it's all speculation, folks. It's all projections, right? But is the possibility there? And that's all I'm saying is the possibility is there that even if Dotson can't play. Even if Cap has to come back in, you know, depending on what Beninok does and, and all that, I don't know. I mean, it, they, they might be okay. David, we're we're heading into a game where the Buccaneers are three and a half point underdogs with an over under 
of 56 and a half. So if some of our listeners, they're, they're feeling kind of lucky. They may have already hit the, uh, the quote unquote lottery with some of these free tickets that the Buccaneers are giving away. Maybe they want to continue to press their luck and lay a little money on the game. And if so, they need to check out our friends at my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. David and I would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us. That's why we urge everyone to make their way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy gurus out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, <clears throat> and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Just use promo code LOCKED ON to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, when creating your account to claim your dollar for dollar bonus up to $1,000. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, David, let's go ahead and discuss our predictive players of the game, and I will kick it over to you first on the offensive side of the ball. Who is your predictive offensive player of the game? I'm going to go with Peyton Barber. Interesting. Uh, I think that the Panthers' defense is susceptible to wearing down. I like that the Buccaneers have – actually leaned on the run a little bit more here here in the in the recent in the recent action that we've seen and hopefully they continue to do so and, and I I mentioned in my in my weekly uh column on Bucks Nation about you know how the Buccaneers played and and how they ended you know the plays that kind of contributed to the win or the loss. And obviously this last week it was a win, right? And Peyton Barber, when you look at the stat sheet and if you just looked at the stat sheet and then you watch the highlights, you've been like, oh man, Peyton Barber really didn't have any influence on that game. But that's not true at all. Peyton Barber Got a lot of hard yards. He got a hard, he got some big runs when the when the team needed him to the, at the most or uh, the most important times of the game, some of the most crucial turning points of the game. And he did his job. He did what the Buccaneers needed him to do, and the Buccaneers were able to give him the ball with confidence, knowing that you know the the, the opportunities, the chances of him capitalizing on those opportunities were there. No, he didn't get 150 yards. He didn't get three touchdowns. You know what I mean? He didn't blow the roof off of your fantasy score, but. He was a serviceable running back, and he gave the Buccaneers what they needed. That's exactly what they're going to need this week. If they're going to keep the Carolina Panthers from uh, getting in any type of a groove or a rhythm, they're a very streaky team, and making them sit on the bench for six, seven minutes of game time is is going to be a, a big factor if they can make that happen and keep that offense off the field and make them sit down, make them cool off a little bit, make their muscles tighten up a little bit. Uh, instead of getting on the field, you know, after three and out, or even a quick scoring drive. I mean, even a quick scoring drive benefits an offense like the Carolina Panthers because they just get right back on the field and kind of keep below what they're doing. So, uh, for that reason, uh, Peyton Barber is going to be my my key offensive player. All right, I am going to go with Mike Evans, and and for those that caught his his meeting with the media on Wednesday. You know he's a little bit bitter about the way things went last time. And and something that he said to the media was, quote, even though they're a one-high team, it felt like Eric Reed was just coming for me no matter what. 
and then and then Bradbury was underneath just pressing that. So I've got to be better, more physical, faster, and stronger, and I think I will be this time around. I, I think the fact that Bradbury shut him down in their first meeting has been eating at Mike Evans, and so he's going to go out there and he's going to feast on Sunday. He wants to prove that that somebody like James Bradbury is not going to get the better of him. He's one of the top receivers in the NFL. He's fifth in the NFL in, in receiving yards. He's one of three receivers in NFL history to have over a thousand yards in his first five seasons. You know, the, there's there's a reason that Mike Evans was a first round pick. There's a reason he's a captain on this team. And he wants to go out there and show that, you know, it doesn't matter who he's facing. He's going to be that guy. So for that reason, I, I think there's some underlying motivation. Uh, and and I think Evans is going to be out there to prove that, you know, the team needs to run through him. And he wants to be a, a big impact player on Sunday. <clears throat> See, what concerns me about that is the possibility that James Winston also wants to have Mike Evans prove that to everybody. Yeah, that is a little bit concerning. Um, in fact, I will I will get to a little bit of that point in our fantasy focus show, which will be dropping later on today if you're listening to this before noon. Uh, so make sure you check that out because I have some thoughts on Jameis that I will drop on our uh, Friday fantasy football focus. So teaser. <laughs> David, who is going to be? Do what? Looking forward to it. Who is going to be your defensive predictive player of the game? Uh, it's Carl Nassib. Um, I love the dude. I just, I just love I Carl Nassib. Um, yes, yeah, so I was great. super, I was super excited when they when the team picked him up, and just every time he's on the field, I get really excited, and and I'm, I'm happy to see him, uh, you know, showing the Browns that they didn't know what they were doing when they let him walk. So, so kind of what kind of leaning off of what you were saying earlier, right? About the about the sacks and, and everything since Mark Duffner took over. And everybody knows Vita Vea really showed up last week and kind of kind of showed why he was a first round draft pick and why he was the Buccaneers top selection. And I'm really hoping he can build off that. And I'm really hoping that the Panthers were paying attention, which I'm sure they were, and they give a lot of attention to Vita Vea because we already know they're going to give a lot of attention to Jason Pierre Paul. And if they give a whole lot of attention to those two gentlemen, then Carl Nassib might be able to have a, a pretty big, pretty big day, a pretty big impact on this game. I don't even care if he gets honestly, even one full sack. But if he's just in, in Cam Newton's face, if he's in his grill, if he's hitting him, you know, early and often, it's it's going to throw Newton off his game. It's, it's, it's what <laughs> Newton is known for is being a guy who can, if you get it, if you get to him early and often, you can get in his head. He gets in his own head, really, and it can cause, you know, a, a snowball effect for the Panthers. So I'm really looking for Carl Nass to take advantage of the fact that Vita Vea's big week from last week hopefully will bleed into how the Panthers play against his defense this week. All right. My predictive defensive player of the game is going to be Levante David. Look, if Levante David plays, he is going to be the key. He is going to be the one that has to make sure that Christian McCaffrey does not dominate the defense for a second time. Like he did a month ago. He it's, it's a little worrisome him Coming off that that MCL sprain, you're you're concerned that he may not be up to speed, and maybe somebody as shifty and as quick and as fast as Christian McCaffrey can take advantage of that. But it's on Levante, even if he's out there making sure that the other guys 
are doing their jobs and making sure that McCaffrey is contained. The Bucks need that leadership in the middle of the defense. They have been missing that. They have been lacking that since he and Quan have both been out. It's it's got to run through Levante David, and I think he will. If the Buccaneers do win this game, it will be in large part to Levante David returning to the field defensively. So, with that, Mister Harrison, what is your final score? Well, actually, I'll, I'll recap since I've already technically given mine on the Crossover Wednesday episode with Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers. I predicted the Bucks to win 30-27 to 27 on a last-second field goal by my boy, Cairo Santos, in shades of, okay. of last week for the Panthers losing the game on a last-second field goal. Yeah. I like how you've suddenly become like the biggest cheerleader of a kicker in 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 podcast land. You it's know very, why? It's very entertaining to me. Why? Because he's not Chandler Catanzaro. I didn't yeah. like Chandler yeah. Catanzaro when he was in Arizona. I didn't like Chandler Catanzaro when he was in New York. And I especially didn't like when they signed Chandler Catanzaro to that huge kit or huge contract, you know, huge in terms for a kicker with all that guaranteed money, because I didn't think he was a good kicker. He has declined every year since he started. And I thought it was a terrible, terrible decision. So I'm more excited about the fact that they have a kicker that's not Catanzaro than I am anything else. But Cairo Santos is somebody that you and I talked about last year on on the podcast when you know they were talking about I can't even remember Folk was it Folk that they were replacing they brought yeah, in was, Pat yeah. Murray but we had we brought up Santos name a few times and he had been battling that injury so you know it's it's yeah. nice to have a kicker that you're not sitting there chewing your fingernails all the way down to the the cuticle because you don't think that a kicker can make a freaking extra point. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, where were we? I can't remember. Where you we were. are making your final score prediction, sir. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's uh 35, 31 Tampa Bay, which uh, I thought was kind of funny because again, before, before I listened to the crossover episode, I solidified my own pick so that I wasn't, swayed by either of your decisions and and that's what bill picked so it makes me confident in my selection um carl carlin davis and mj stewart it does concern me um david rivers coming in you know potentially to to have to be active be forced into action because of it is is concerning however just looking at the way the panthers operate on offense um i think this game is gonna be won and lost uh between between the defensive line and the linebackers more than anybody in the secondary so it doesn't concern me as much because of who the opponent is. Like if this were the saints or the Falcons, I'd be terrified and uh, this wouldn't be my pick, but because it's the Carolina Panthers, I think that the Buccaneers, if they execute properly in the other areas of the defense can survive that. Um, So again, 35, 31. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my pick. All right. You know, I, I'd be curious. I'll have to go back and listen to like every single Friday episode that we've had, but I'm curious to know if the bucks have won a game when you and I both picked them to win. Hmm. I picked them to beat new Orleans. You did not. I did not. 
Did, I I, we both picked Philly. them to beat the Browns, didn't we? I believe I know I did. So if you okay. did, then yes. Yeah, I picked them to beat the Browns too. Okay. And then uh last and week the we both we both picked yeah. them to beat the Niners, right? So yeah, hey, so we're on a, we're on a Yeah, their last two wins, we both predicted them to win. So we might be onto something yeah. here. Shoot Carmen a DM and let her know that we figured this thing out now for our our score predictions. We we got it covered. <laughs> there you go. all right well please make sure you're checking out everything that david and i are doing over at bucksnation.com as well as all of our incredible writers over there doing a great job keeping the content going for all of you bucks fans make sure you're following along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks send us your reaction voicemails please we love getting those you can do so by calling 813-444-5841. And if you hear your voice on the air, of course, you are entered in to win that autographed Quan Alexander jersey at the conclusion of the Buccaneers season. Hope you all enjoy the game. For those of you going, especially those of you that were able to get some of those free tickets that the Bucs were, were sending out to their season pass members, have a great time. Enjoy it. Make life hell on Cam Newton. Please just berate him when he's on the sidelines. Make him like quadruple up the towels so he can't hear you. Really give this Bucks team that home field advantage that Jason Pierre-Paul was talking about because that could be huge. Have a wonderful, safe, enjoyable weekend, and thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.